1: Learn more at Marines.com
0: Good afternoon, hockey fans, and welcome to another edition of Inside the Box. Pete Pagwaga here, joined always by my good friend Mike Fornavaio. Mike, how are you, buddy? Doing all right, Pete. How about How are you? Good, good, good. Glad to be back. Uh, took a little short vacation over the weekend and oh. still trying to get acclimated back into everything. How'd that go? It was good. It was fun. Skied a little. Uh, not so well. Uh, fell mm-hmm. one time. That was kind of, oof. Ooh. But, uh, no, it was a good time. Oh, you're still nice here. To- That's a good stuff. Exactly. It was a nice time. Nice to get away with a couple of friends, hang out, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, prepare for the stretch run that is the end of the year in the winter sports. And we're almost there. We're almost there. Yeah, you look man. at the schedule here. I mean, the, the season kind of is winding down right yep. now and uh, every game is that much more important um, but we have a great guest coming on uh, this episode Hans coach Brian Gonzalez he first year coach has hand at 11 and one right now and they've won something stupid like what is it nine uh, they've won eight games in a row or not eight games in a row because they had a time they're one two three four five six games in a row They've been unbeaten in their last nine games uh, after their loss to Lyman Hall. We're going to talk to Coach about that loss, talk to the coach about what's the biggest difference between the way that they played last year and the way that they've played. You know, what did he do when he stepped in that really changed his program around? Because it's pretty incredible if you followed along with what happened last year with the hand program. We don't want to get too much details into it, but it was a weird year for them. And uh, here they are, 11-1, they're the top seed in Division Three right now, so we're going to have Coach on to talk about that. But until then, we're going to talk a little bit about what happened this past week, and Mike's going to fill us in because I really wasn't here, but right off the bat, and this happened last night, Notre Dame Fairfield knocks off the boys
2: from the North, which um, I'm going to go out on a limb, that was a little surprising. It's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, I actually, uh, you know, putting a notebook together earlier this week gave uh, Johnny Longo a call and you know was talking to him and you know he he he, said he saw some things coming together he saw some good habits forming and and he said his goalie was keeping them in every game and uh I guess you go up there and and beat that team sounds like all those things uh, continued on uh, Wednesday night
0: yeah I you know the one time I saw Northwest Catholic this year they um they tied Glastonbury and they got into this weird funk where they couldn't put the puck in the back net they had so many chances now I wasn't at the game and I can't tell you what the heck happened but Seemed like in that game against Glastonbury when they, they just kept shooting, kept shooting, they just ran into a hot goal. I mean, this could be what happened. Again, this is Notre Dame And he's for played for very time. well, Casey. Adams. Yeah, and it's Notre Dame Fairfield. I mean, this is, yeah, they haven't played well at all this year, but, sorry, not not played well at all. They haven't played, you know, up to what they want to do year, but it's still a private school. And they get some kids who play who are good hockey players, and they just need to come together.
2: That's some talent. Yeah. It's, amazing, again, it's amazing to see that team with four defensemen, though. Something else.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's
2: something and I different. guess one was banged up, too, so that's pretty impressive. But, huh.
0: uh, so what, el- what else did you see this week, Mike?
2: Oh, there were a few. Th- I, the, the one game I actually saw was Sheehan-North Branford, which was kind of interesting. You know, I, There was another notebook thing. I was trying to catch North Branford when they were hot, and uh, and they've uh, kind of cooled back down a little bit, I guess. They, they took a bunch of penalties Monday night against Sheehan. Um, my first time seeing uh, Sheehan, that's an interesting little team yeah they're, they're good they 're pretty deep. they
0: um they play multiple lines they got a yeah. bunch of guys uh, Tyler robertson's you know one of the better goalies
2: a nice little top power play loves love seeing the uh, the umbrella top umbrella. To the guy behind the net and uh, it's always fun.
0: yeah, no, they do a good job coach Fester does a good job up there uh, you got the festa brothers you got uh, the Romano the brothers you got Robertson and net there's yep. so many different guys that can play on that team. And that's what I think makes Division Three really fun this year, and uh, we talk about it more with uh, Coach Gonzalez. But and then you got Han, you got Lyman Hall, uh, Sheehan, Newington, uh, JBWA. They're just interesting because they could score. Wilton's been playing so well this year. They have four losses, all to Division One or Division Two teams. So shout out to Coach John down there. Friend of the, he's a friend, uh, friend of friends, but good dude. Like there, there's so many good teams down there. And then you got BBD. and I don't know where we can rank BBD. I don't know where we should rank BBD. But well, they always hang in. I tell you that they always do. I mean, look, they lost to Sheen last night. They were winning like something like three nothing mm-hmm. or two to one, and it was three to one, mm-hmm. and Sheen came back tighter at one and overtime. So there, those Division One wins give them so many points that I mean, look at that. They're, sh- they're six nine and one. They have a four hundred win percentage, and they're ahead of Sheen, who's eleven four and mm-hmm. one. Like. I don't want to knock yes. on them, but it's just it's hard to sit there and be three. like, oh, yeah, they're, they're one of the best teams in Division Three, and you kind of look at it, and it's like, yeah, they beat whoever Mount Pleasant is, um, Eastchester, right? We don't know anything about these Division One teams, excuse me, from New York, but they have losses to Wilton, McMahon. They have lost to McMahon-Norwalk. I love McMahon-Norwalk. McMahon-Norwalk has one win. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I don't know where we rank BBD. Um, depending on who they get in the first round, who the heck knows, but they're there nonetheless. Yeah. Um, but before we dive into anything more you know, crazy, we don't want to get too ahead of and ourselves. There is crazy stuff. We
2: can yes,
0: them. there's a ton of crazy stuff that we're going to get into. We're going to throw it over to our interview with hand coach, first-year coach, Brian Gonzalez. Hope you guys enjoy. <laughs> Welcoming on to Inside the Box this week, we have hand coach Brian Gonzalez, first-year head coach, and he has the Tigers at 11-1 heading into the final month of the season. Uh, Coach, right off the bat, I mean, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it.
1: Uh, thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate it.
0: And uh, this is a team or a program that a lot of turmoil last year. Uh, we don't really need to get into details, but there was a lot of just weird clouds hanging over this program last year. You come in your first year, and now you guys are 11 and one winners of, I think, six straight, uh, unbeaten in the last nine. Um, what, what, what did you instill or what was your plan when you took over this program to be like, all right, we're going to write this ship. We're going to, we're going to be one of the best teams in our division.
1: Uh, the first, first key for us was, uh, to get the culture change to happen. Uh, I've always believed that if you have a positive and a good culture within the locker room of playing for each other, that the wins will take care of themselves and, You can't focus on how you're going to necessarily win those games necessarily, but going after it, uh, going after the culture first is the most important part. So that was our goal as a staff uh, from day one with preseason, uh, from our first meeting that we had with them back in May when I got the job, uh, was that this is the way it's going to be. This is the expectation, and you're either going to buy in or you're not going to be able to find a spot to be able to play here. And they all bought in right away, and that was the, the best part coming from the seniors uh, our, our senior captains especially Griffin Fitzmorris, Michael McKeon and Ian rice and Ian was actually one of the best as far as leading by example of buying into how hard you have to work and to work for each other
0: yeah i mean it seems like it's made it's made it you know all the difference in the world right off the bat um <clears throat> excuse me uh you guys you know you open up the season with three wins you know against you know uh, you know some, Pretty good, uh, you know. Guilford's a good team, and, and two other, but you know, you got a couple of wins on your belt. Then you go in against a, a team like uh, Lyman Hall. Cogenshag had him Killingworth, who's you know been a contending team in Division Three. They have you know Kyle Roberts on their team, who's been one of the best players in mm-hmm. Division Three since he's played all four years. No, and then you guys lose. And I mm-hmm. mean, look, I was at the game. You know, it was seven. It was six-one. I think it was six-nothing after the second period. Uh, the correct. final was yeah. Final was seven-to-two. And you're like, all right, same old Daniel hand. Here we go again, but wrong. You guys, you guys haven't lost since. You guys uh, have a tie thrown in there, and you guys are. It's your only loss of the year. Was anything said in the locker room? Maybe not after the game, but maybe at the next practice or heading into the next game, where it was like, all right, guys, like we need to get up. Like let's not stay down.
1: It was. Uh, it was actually throughout that game. It was the message that was sent. Was it, it's. It's an interesting concept. So. The first three games, four games of the season that we played, we didn't really have the effort and the, the expectation wasn't matched. Uh, but like you said, on the schedule, we kind of got away with a couple of those games. Uh, in the Guilford game, they definitely rose to the occasion being a rival game and you know, being Guilford. And these seniors had not beaten Guilford in their entire careers. And they got up for that game without question. And then in the Lyman Hall game was the first real test for us as far as this is a Division three team that we're going to have to go through. This is a powerhouse. And unfortunately, a lot of the old culture kind of came back throughout that game of, of defeat, of this is the way it's always been, kind of like you mentioned, the same old Daniel Hand. Yeah. And that was something we addressed as a staff throughout that game, uh, more importantly after the second period and after the third, that you either are buying in now, this is our moment. You get to decide right now if you're in or you're out. And a bunch of the seniors actually took it upon themselves to come up and talk to the staff after that game and say, this will never happen again. And they're proving that every step of the way. Here we are in nine-game unbeaten streak, and that's our only loss this year. So they they stepped up and made it about themselves and took it upon themselves, especially as leaders on this team, to lead, as, as I look at it, and I've always been telling everybody, uh, we have a young roster. We have 11 underclassmen on this team that almost all of them are playing every every game. So having that senior leadership from our captains, from our other four seniors, has been a great asset for us to continue to try to change the way that these seniors have wanted it from day one when they got here as freshmen.
2: As Pete said, you know you've you've gone on that uh, nice run from there, and uh, these last few games have been uh, you know some pretty impressive ones. Beating Division One Fairfield solidly, beaten uh, Euro program in Amity, and uh, Monday night uh, seems to be the one that, that that's really opened some a lot of eyes. I think with Watertown Pomparag was was playing pretty well. What's, what stood out about these last few games in particular?
1: Uh, it was, we looked at the middle of our schedule. We're actually, Guilford will be the last of the seven games. We kind of broke our schedule up uh, with these seven games being the meat of our schedule and being an opportunity to not only answer the challenge that these boys have kind of put out there that they have always believed from day one that, that we would be this good. Well, now you get to prove it against some of the seven best teams we're going to see. And more importantly, that for them, it's, each one of them was a six-point game or a nine-point game in the standings for them. And that's kind of been the motivation for every single one of those games is that you want an opportunity to be the one seed. You want an opportunity to be you know, taken seriously that these are the chances you, you need to capitalize on. And what's that challenge? How are you going to answer that challenge? And these boys have risen to the occasion every step of the way, and they've bought into the concept of what we call turning it up a notch, that every game, every period you, you attack, no matter the result, you have to bring it to the next level, the next period, the next game, because every time you do it, someone else is going to recognize what you guys are doing, and you have to be able to answer to their challenge because they're going to turn it up just as much to play you.
0: You know, <clears throat> a lot of people, when they talk about Daniel Han, they talk about your guys scoring, and, and you guys do score a lot. Um, but you win a Watertown Pomper, our game 2-1. to one. You guys haven't allowed more than – I mean, look, other than the seven goals against Lyman Hall and the six goals against BBD and the tie, you guys have allowed – only four goals once against Guilford, who all they do is score goals. What has worked so well defensively for this team this year?
1: Uh, first and foremost, uh, Eric Dillner on in net as a sophomore has been unbelievable. He has gotten the job done in a way that I don't think any of us truly believed he was going to be able to. Not to doubt, not to throw you know doubt on his game, but at the end of the day, Eric has only been playing goalie. This is freshman year. Uh, wow. He was a converted defenseman. He was a de- convert, uh, Excuse me, converted defenseman last year because uh, he knew there was no one coming up this year and we were losing a senior in the program last year so he took it upon himself to take that role he got 11 starts last year which is incredible for him as a freshman to get the experience regardless of the wins the losses the save percentage the goals against because those are minutes that no freshman gets in net across the state usually you don't see those if you're lucky as the sophomore more likely as a junior and that experience goes a long way and it gave him the uh the motivation this offseason to take the position seriously and commit himself to it. And we actually had a good kick out of it uh, two days ago in practice. It was, he's kind of the example right now of of if you commit to something and you work your tail off towards a goal as an individual, you can achieve that goal. And every game he has stepped up his level of play, and more importantly against the good, good teams, he has answered the challenge that has been put in front of him. I mean, 33 saves against Watertown. I can go back to game two against Guilford. He made 28 saves against Guilford in that game. And it's been, it's been a pleasure to watch moving forward. And secondly, uh, I believe our team defense across the has been something these kids bought into that even before we really knew what we had with Eric, that we had a goalie who had, didn't have much experience. So we're going to rely on insulating him, protecting him as a unit, and relying on him to make that first save. And from there, it's up to you guys to kind of t- answer the challenge and make sure that he's not forced to make the saves that he may be ready to make. And yet he's continued to prove every step of the way that he's capable of making those saves. And it's been a lot of fun even in practice because, like you said, our scoring has been really good this year that we have some goal scorers on this team that can put the puck in the net. Yeah. He's actually making some saves in practice that even the boys are just responding to, like, holy cow. Like, this kid is not <laughs> supposed to make these saves right now. Yeah. And it, it's been a blast to, to be a part of that with him and see him grow every step of the way through this.
0: Awesome.
2: You know, it's, it's high school hockey, but, I mean, he's he's Eric's the only one you got. Uh, what's what's that like having just that one goalie? And, I mean, obviously, like you say, he's, he's stepped up in a lot of ways. But what's, uh, what's
1: it's – it's, it's been a challenge from day one. A couple of people like to bring up the idea, like, you have one goalie. What's going to happen? What's going to happen if something goes wrong? Well, we, we have a backup plan. We do have a, a second, you know, possibly a third plan if necessary. But the kid wants nothing but pucks. Mm-hmm. That's all he asks for in practice. He's a workhorse, and – any doubts that we had maybe in the first couple games that he could get worn out by the end of the season, he's just gotten better and better, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the next seven games plus playoffs bring for him.
0: You know, you guys really, um, you know, we talked about the Lemon Hall game, but the BBD game actually stands out to me as well. Just looking at what BBD's done this season outside of the state and inside the state, what, I guess, happened in that game where, you know, just 12 just, goals in the a game, game? Is, is chaos.
1: Yeah. It is. It was It was a chaotic game. It was a late start to that game. We were supposed to start, I believe, at about 8.30, 8.50. And uh, there was an ice issue with the boards. We didn't actually drop puck till almost 9.30 in Danbury. Oh, wow. And to be honest, their goaltender played out of his mind. I wish yeah, I he, his he's good. Uh, right it's now.
0: Fernandez. He's good.
1: Yes. And I even told him after the game, because we outshot them 43-18 uh, to 18 in that game. Yeah. And he, at any of the day, six goals on 43 shots is, is pretty good. And to be honest, Eric knows it, and it's, I got no problem saying it. And Eric knows he had probably one of his worst games of the season, and he has nothing but bounce back from that. He took it very personally. He even apologized to the boys afterwards, which is something you don't really see out of a sophomore. Yeah. Uh, nor should you from a goalie, because in my opinion, it's never really the goalie's fault. Yeah. Um, but at that, at the end of the day, you, you outshoot a team like that, and to be honest, that was probably our best game up to date uh, mm-hmm. as far as effort across the board of our entire roster. And it just unfortunately sometimes you can have an A effort and you get a you get a tie. Yeah. Sometimes you can have an A effort and you get a loss against the team. And sometimes you run into a hot goalie. And that night we definitely ran into a hot goalie. And uh, you know, and, and Eric had a, had a little bit of a hiccup. But at the end of the day, you come out with a tie. It could have been a lot worse.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's just something that you know we're we talk on the show every week. We're trying to figure out BBD. Just, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, you no, look.
1: They got a great. Go ahead.
0: No, 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 no. You can you can continue. <laughs> it's fine. That's right. No, because just like uh, looking they, at – yeah, it's just – they're just like so – you look at them and it's like they have all these wins out of state and then in state they, they haven't really played that well, but then they tied you guys, so it's like, ooh.
1: Yep, they <laughs> tied us. And then last night against Sheen, you know, they gave them a good run and it went to overtime in last night's game against Sheen, and, and It's one of those things where you have a senior captain goaltender like they do. You can ride him sometimes and, and you, you pull off some upset games and you can actually compete in most of the games you play in. and. that's what they have uh, in their program. They have a good coach over there and they run a good system. And I think that it's, it's a team that uh, as much as uh, I hear what's said about them, I think they're a team that everyone kind of needs to look out for. Yeah. Uh, And moving forward, especially into the playoffs because they will be there.
0: Absolutely. For sure. And then just looking down, you know, uh, the rest of division three, you know, Mike and I are very excited about the division three tournament. There's just so many good teams in it this year. Obviously you guys, uh, Lyman hall, we talked BBD. Sheen's good. Uh, Newington's got 11 wins uh, JBWA can score at will uh, Wilton who's only lost, they haven't lost to a D3 team all year uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good teams in this tournament have you guys even like you know, started I guess preparing for the tournament in any way or kind of looking at your schedule being like alright this will be a good test for us Just, you know, you guys have, looking at your schedule the rest of the way, you guys have at least out of your 7 games left you guys have at least 5 or 6 playoff teams on the on schedule
1: Yep, uh, so now that we're coming up to the Guilford game being game number seven of those seven meat-of-our-schedule game mentioned earlier, we then jump right into five SEC Division three games where we'll establish where we will fall into the SEC tournament, uh, and that's going to be a good test to play JBWA, to play New Milford, to play Sheehan, uh, to get the opportunity to see those teams that are going to be in the playoffs. Uh, it's going to be a good test for us to kind of really see where we stand in our own division, and then we get to finish up with Brantford at the end of the year, which should be a fun battle at the Nip. Uh, with being that we share a rink, uh, but as a staff, we're, we're not really jumping too far ahead into the States just yet. Cause we have a goal, a goal list in our locker room with the boys. And, uh, as a, as we've gone down the list, the first goal was to qualify for States on our own this year. And now the second goal for us is to qualify for the SCC tournament. Uh, so we're kind of taking it one goal at a time right now. And that's kind of where the boys heads at, which is, you know, first and foremost playing rival Guilford again this Saturday, and then jumping into the SCC conference games uh, once we get through the conference games, I think we'll start really focusing more so on who our matchup might be because we'll have a better idea. Being with only a couple days left until the state selection, and then we'll have a really good idea about who we're playing and who could be on our side of the bracket and kind of go from there.
2: that will be fun. Obviously, uh, you know you're 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 with hand now, obviously. But what or what if anything did uh, that first meeting with Amity mean to you?
1: Um. It meant a lot of different things. Uh, first and foremost, for me personally, it, it, was, uh, it was very rewarding. It was, it was a great experience. But more importantly, it was the game that these boys had wel- welcomed me into their family. Um, it was the hardest part about leaving Amity was knowing that that's where I played for four years or where I coached for six years. It's a decade of my life I committed to that program and felt as if I was a part of that family, which I was. I was a Spartan through and through, black and gold all the way. And it's funny because I never thought I would be being a kid who was in a private school mm-hmm. going to Fairfield Prep out of, in high school right off the jump and then switching to Amity. It was kind of a different experience for me. Uh, now coming back and playing against them, these boys took it upon themselves to welcome me into the family after that game. It was uh, We give a hard hat at the end of each game to a player in the locker room, especially after wins, and it's it's done player to player. It's not something the coaching staff has been a part of since game one and our first win. And these boys took it upon themselves to give it to me Aww. in the locker room after that game. And I even told them afterwards, I said, you know, the very next day I had 24 hours to think about it. and really t- it let it soak all in a little bit. And I told them, I said, I'm home. You guys have officially made me a part of this family because it's their family at the end of the day. I'm the new guy here. And to be welcomed that fast into this program, into this community has been a real treat for me. And it was, like I said, the biggest fear I had coming to a new program of will will feel the same way. Will I get that family feeling again? And here we were, game you know, 12 of the season, and it happened. And I thought it was going to take a few years, so it meant the absolute world to me, that game.
0: Oh, so, uh, that, <clears throat> that's pretty awesome. Uh, so <clears throat> speaking of Amity, and I told you that we might talk a little food, um, <laughs> what do you get at Amity Meats?
1: Oh, Amity Meats? I have <laughs> actually never been there. What? As much as I was an Amity guy through and through. Um, I was. <laughs> Come on, I coach. grew up in Mil- I grew up in Milford. I grew up on the uh, the shoreline a little bit more. So all my hot spots were always on the shoreline when it came to those things. Um, the one place I did always go in the Amity district was the Blue Check Deli. All right,
0: I'll kind give of you my that
1: spot in high yeah. school. I went there in high school. I went there after high school. I still go there every now and then. Show my face. It's one of my favorite spots in the area. Yeah, that's my um,
0: uh, Blue Check's my stop whenever I cover like an Amity baseball game. I'll make sure I stop okay. at Blue Check. Get a I, I get a sandwich before.
1: Yes, no. It's it's been my, been my favorite sandwich spot for Whether it was uh, bacon and cheeses or wraps or whatever it is from there, it's always been my kind of go to spot in the Amity area.
0: <laughs> uh, one more question, and you know, it, you guys are eleven and one. You guys are the number one team right now in Division Three. You do you did lose to Lyman Hall, who has not lost to a Division Three team, as well, or hasn't lost to a D three a team. They're twelve and three. Do you guys want to see them again? Like, you know, for the or for or for the people who are like, yeah, hands playing. You know, pan might be the hottest team right now in Division Three, maybe in the state, but they still have that seven to two loss kind of hanging over them.
1: Uh, as a as a collective unit, I can, I can easily say yes to that. And the main reason is that we would like an opportunity to get them with our full roster. Uh, we didn't have our full roster; we were missing one of our second line players for that game. Uh, it was during the Christmas break, and yep. we had a. You know and so by mixing up all the lines and really doing that that early in the season it was it kind of threw us out a little bit of a loop uh, both as new coaches and as uh you know trying to change the culture and the way things are in the program and now that we are we have looked back at that these boys definitely it's different mentality because if you asked me probably a week after that game i could probably say half the locker room goes and eh, maybe not maybe if we can avoid them it would be a good thing for us moving forward now at this point these boys are itching for that opportunity to Possibly see them twice because we we realistically oh. expect to see them in the SEC tournament, and then you know in the, the boys know that if you want to win a state championship, you're probably going to have to go through Lyman Hall. Yeah, you know, and that's the reality of it. So they're they're starting to really, especially with the wins we've gotten this year, you know, being seven and zero against Division two, Division one, they're itching for that opportunity to get another crank at them, at least one more time, if not two, so that we can. Basically, almost settle the score in a best of three series.
0: Absolutely, I think uh, I think we're both looking forward to that as well. Especially in uh, you know the SECs, maybe you guys tie it up, and then we head into the state tournament. Maybe a meeting in the semis, but let's not get too yeah, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> Correct but you know, uh, a lot
1: of seating changes can happen. Yeah. A lot, a lot of, you know, potential matchups could change where you might get them in the second round. You can end up not seeing them Oh, the uh, let's, let's not, let's not, get let's not, let's to... not jinx that.
0: We don't want to see that in the second round. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. <laughs> but uh, coach, thank you so much for your time. We know you're, you're a really busy man. So we it. do, we, uh, we do appreciate you giving us some time to chat.
1: No, I appreciate you wanting to have a conversation with me and wanting to get to know a little bit about these boys and this team. Uh, they've definitely earned it. And I mean, every opportunity I have to kind of give them the kudos that they deserved and that they've earned. Uh I would love I love to be able to do this for everyone in the community. So greatly appreciate for having me on.
0: Absolutely. We will uh we'll definitely see you at the rink soon. I can promise you that.
1: Good to hear. Looking forward to All it. Right.
0: Later, coach. Welcome back, guys, and uh what a great interview. Coach, uh, Coach Gonzalez is always good to talk to. He's always fun uh, to talk to after the game and get to sit and talk to him away from the game. Always a good time. Fun fact he played at Southern uh, one year when he was in college, uh-huh. which was my freshman year. Oh. He played with my roommate. So uh, I don't remember who he was, but um, he was on that team. Mm. We have a lot of mutual friends in common. So small world there. Thanks as always, Coach, for coming on. I'm sure we'll see you guys. Soon they have a pretty stacked schedule the rest of the way with JBWA, Guilford, Sheen's on there, Branford's on there. So and is gonna is gonna see a lot of top teams heading into the end of the season, which ends at the end of this month. So and then we got playoffs, baby. <laughs> uh one game we wanted to mention before we get into looking ahead to next week. Um Xavier beat Notre Dame West Haven, uh game winning goal by Chase. Chase Maxwell, I'm mm-hmm. gonna call them Chance. Chase mm-hmm. Maxwell. Um, this Xavier team's a little different.
2: You know, they've always had talent. They've always looked good on paper. I mean, even if you look at if you look at some of their early games, I mean, they were there with. I mean, you know that Rich, Richfield hasn't played a lot of close games. That was a four one game. They were right there with Hamden at the beginning of the year. I mean, that game was. Uh, was probably even more even than a five to three game. You know, they, they played a tough out of out of state schedule. They played Ariana one goal game. That's a team that could be dangerous. You know, and like, I mean, they 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 go out and tie LaSalle Academy, darling of the podcast, on uh, Saturday, and then <laughs> pull that off last night. You know, it, it, team the Bears watching. I think you know, a team that probably is better than their record.
0: Yeah, I think that um, any of these Division One teams are. Um are dangerous because you don't need you don't you don't need to win a certain amount of games to get in mm-hmm. division one. You need to just get in. And uh the thing with them is that if you're playing well, even if you got X amount of losses, if you're playing well heading into the tournament, then you're fine. You know, you just gotta yep. get in. You just gotta yep. get in, maybe get a break.
2: And it's only four games.
0: Exactly. So uh, you look, all you got to do is get in in Division one and anything can really happen and I'm sorry, you don't have to get in. you are you in aren't. in Division one. You just hope to maybe get avoid maybe the Ridgefields and the Hamdens, uh, the Dariens of the world in the first round, and the Fairfield preps of the world to avoid them now. That is their music They are back <laughs> Fairfield Prep is back I think everyone Yeah, four in a row Four wins in a row Three in state They got two They're playing The Pope Francis uh, Tour to de- Invitational This weekend um, They're back
2: Right, did, Mike? Did they ever go away?
0: I think they went away For a little bit I think Two opening losses How can I miss you? If you- uh, lost to LaSalle Lost to Norde West Haven. Um they're seven and six, they're above five hundred. I believe they're above five hundred for the first time all year. Uh, yep. So I think we can stamp approval. They are back. They are if, back. If they ever went away. And Wednesday, let's jump in the games next week. Wednesday okay. at the Winter Garden. This is the last shot any team has at beating Richfield in think. the regular season. You would think. I think so. I will say that with conviction. This is the last shot you have to beat Richfield. In the regular season. 7.30 start. Winter Garden Ice Arena. Get there early because there is no parking at the Winter Garden. I will be there at 5 o'clock. Just kidding. Probably 6. (laughs) Slacker. But I don't want to get there too early. Maybe I'll go get some food. There's such good food down in Fairfield County. Mm -hmm. There's some Chicken Joe's. No, it's Greenwich. Maybe I'll go uh, Garden Catering in Norwalk on my way down. Uh I've done that before. I have to...
2: I think about joining you. Yeah. Oh just, yeah, I think I'm you should get it.
0: a little chicken. They got these like little uh, chicken bites mm-hmm. and um, you can get like cones. And the it's just so good. You gotta talk to Scott about it. It's bomb. Oh, okay. It's bomb. But uh, prep is here and um, you know, they're going out of state, they're going to mass this weekend, then they come back to yeah, Ridgefield, Notre Dame, West Haven, NFI, another out of state game at the end, and then they got Hamden ten <laughs> in the year.
2: Crazy fun fact, I was looking over a conference standings last night trying to figure out clinches and stuff like that and nfi still hasn't played a league game yet
0: <laughs> are they it's in the league
2: it's fantastic yeah they're in the scc uh, swc they have what six games to play or whatever it is yeah in the they last, got west haven xavier
0: north haven watertown pomp rock prep they fairfield they west haven sgwl and hamden
2: Whew. So
0: they got four ties Yikes. yeah but nfi will not kind be playing kicks. in the state tournament um because of reasons why they opted out. The, co- the
2: whole co-op thing. Yeah, the whole
0: co-op thing. Um, check out, there's going to be a good story on NFI coming in the coming days uh, by our Ryan Lacey and helped by your boy Pete. Speaking of just Division One teams, I just know I, I saw this last night, but I wanted to bring it up. Trinity Catholic beat St. Joe's
2: 9-3. That Trinity team, you know, they've only got 12 guys. They got some talent. And yeah. When they hit the right matchup, they're pretty good.
0: Yeah, I think um,
2: the wrong matchup there. It's tough. But yeah. uh, the right matchup they're pretty
0: good. Yeah, I think that um I just don't think Saint Joe's is I, I don't I don't even know what we can say about Saint Joe's, but this doesn't make I saw some people who were like see like the SCX schedule is not that bad no the SCX schedule is trash so I just wanted to point that out any other games Mike that uh that jump out to you that uh we need to keep an eye on heading into this weekend
2: you know there's I don't know how many huge matchups there are but there's a lot of interesting little matchups like Xavier's next week is playing Northwest that's that game was rescheduled um and if I play Xavier Notre Dame Ham then um that's always on a good Wednesday one. up and uh uh even next week I think uh, Watertown Pompero the second time against NFI. It should be uh, it could be fun not and Notre Dame West Haven against uh, Fairfield Prep. And
0: we talked about the, Ridgefield talked about Ridgefield Prep as one. well. Yep. And I think that's the I think that might be the biggest regular season game the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. I think that place is gonna be packed out because that place always packs out. But
2: um, And since I watched the joke last week, LaSalle Academy versus Greenwich because you know Salle Academy. LaSalle Academy. Number two team in the state. And the number one team in another state.
0: <laughs> That's pretty wild. Uh, but I'm just sitting here, I'm looking at the D1 rankings, and there's Hampton at number two.
2: Mm.
0: Such a weird, they're such a weird team. Not in a bad yeah. way. They're just, I just. I don't know if you know what you're going to get with them. But you look at their there schedule is. and one, two, three. They have five games left. I think they could win four of them, which probably means they'll win three of them. Or five of them, because they just don't do what they're... You look at a game and you're like, oh, Hampton should totally win this game, and then they lose. And then you look at a game and you're like, oh, this one's going to be close, and they blow them out.
2: They got this week off, and then uh, next week they got Notre Dame-Fairfield, and that'd be their first three-game winning streak if they win that one. So, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, they got a 9-6 and six record, and they haven't gone. Enough. You got to win four games to win a state championship.
0: First. Hampton hasn't won three games in a row in the regular season. So, uh, then you got you got Northern. Yeah, then you got Northwest Catholic. I mean... They got Hamden, Xavier. They got Xavier twice. They got Hamden the rest of the way. So those are going to be their three big games. And there, there's Darien right there at the four. They got the Fairfield Co-op, Will in Trumbull, Greenwich, Notre Dame, West Haven. I mean, they should probably win all those games. They should win out, you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be fun. I mean, the regular season ends the last week of February. Then we get... The FCI has a tournament. Uh, we have the SEC D1 championship game. The SEC, I'm sorry, the SEC SWC Division one championship game, even though I'm pretty sure it's always just SEC teams. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, then um, you have the Division II uh, tournament and the Division three tournament for the SEC SWC. And then we got the states. And we need to talk about this because this is interesting and this came out, I think... Last week, after we did the show, maybe before we did the show, we just didn't talk about it, the championship games are not are going to be played on three right. different days this year. Right. Um, D3 is on yeah. Friday the 14th. Um, is it Friday the 14th, or is it, uh, Saturday? Is it Thursday? Think I think it's Thursday. Friday. Your boy can't count. Yeah, right. so you got Thursday the 14th is at the D3 championship at Ingles. Then you have... Monday, the 18th of March is the D2 finals, mm-hmm. and then Tuesday, the 19th of March is the D1 finals. All at Ingles. Um We uh, we posted a story. Basically, it looks like there's a possibility of hosting the ECAC tournaments for the Yale hockey teams, and that usually fall on that weekend. It's not confirmed, but Yale has
2: a really good chance at hosting. So that's uh, that's a good thing because if <laughs> 20 years ago. I don't know if you... Did you ever hear ah, this one? No, no. No, Notre Dame of Fairfield playing New Canaan for the state championship. The D2 game in the morning went to overtime. Th- that game went... They were playing eight-minute overtime, so but it had gone, I think, three overtimes at that point. And Yale kicked them out because they had an ECSA playoff game that night. So they were still tied. They had to come back the next day and, and finish. Really? It was it was crazy. Wow. One, one of the greatest quotes I ever. Peter Giotrellis from Notre Dame was standing there, you know, talking about how you are playing this championship game. There's no tomorrow. Well, now there is. that was a a year that was a day that was a weekend that was something else
0: yeah oh my god yeah and you know it actually kind of plays perfectly for us who also get to cover the mohegan sun finals which are saturday the 16th and sunday the 17th so instead of having to go from yale to mohegan like i did last year i get to just go uh probably the friday night before and kind of relax so i'm actually excited about that but that's it for us Another week in the books. Mike, any last words?
2: Um, Good wishes to the Capalbos. Yes. Uh, transplant apparently went well on Monday. Thank goodness. So uh, hopefully all goes well with them. Yeah. Um, actually, I don't know if, anybody, if people might have noticed, the Sound Tigers are doing a uh, cancer awareness weekend uh, this weekend. Um, adult cancer on Saturday, pediatric cancer on Sunday. And if you notice that the Capalbos are missing from there, that's because they're actually doing a day for, for Charlie on the 23rd. There's, uh, I don't know if it's – I'm sure it's on the website, but you can buy tickets, and some proceeds from that will will benefit them. So that would be nice. Yeah, go out. And actually Sunday, Jamie Cypher's coming to town speaking in 1999. Uh, really? Yeah, Fairfield Prep, uh, Stratford's own, play, coming in with Utica, playing Sound Tigers on Sunday. So that should be fun. Nice. Always good to see him. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Uh, so that's that's enough for me. We'll see you guys out at the rinks this weekend. i got to figure out some games to go to uh, Friday and Saturday. Sure, I, feel like I feel like I've been missing out. So, but we have a big week coming up next week. So keep an eye on that. As always, we'll catch you guys at the ring. Bye.